Next on BYU Sports Nation, Melikaliki Maka is the thing to say on a BYU Hawaiian Christmas Day. Get ready for some eggnog in paradise. How do you feel about the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve? More of you singing is a good thing. BYU baseball falls to LMU. Can the Cougars repeat their heroics from 2017 and still win the conference tournament? And Jason, when BYU football defeats Utah. I like it. Would that qualify as an upset? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. I want some chocolate-covered macadamias. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, May 24th. Exactly seven months from now, BYU football will most likely be playing in a college football bowl game in Hawaii. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Clubber Lane's hype man, Jason Shepard. Clubber Lang, really? Let's like, what's, go, what's the reference? Usually, these are like timely. Is, is there is Mr. T in the news or something? <laughs> no, I just want to go up to my uh, well of '80s movies for you. Was it Lang or Lane? It's Lang. It's Lang. Lang. I wrote I wrote Lane in front of you, but it's Lang. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to react to that. Um, you know, I pity the fool. You got to say that <laughs> since we're talking about Mr. T. Do you have a prediction for tonight's fight, Clubber? Pain. Um, very good. Yes. Very good. Hype man for Clubber Lang. I don't yeah. think he needed it. Clubber was his he was own his, hype he man. He was his own hype man. Yeah. It's true. See, I'm of the I'm of the opinion, and you just take the first four Rockies. Okay. For me personally, they go in reverse order in terms of the best. So you're 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 separating Creed yeah, from yeah. Rocky. And I'm also separating Rocky Five, because it was just stupid. <laughs> Hey, if Sylvester Stallone wants to shove it aside, so do I. What about okay. Rocky Six or Rocky Balboa? It's, it was fine. But, like, the first four Rockies, I think the greatest of them all, Rocky Four. Oh, man, you're putting yourself on an island here. Oh, I think, I think most people agree with me. They don't. <laughs> number three was the second best. Wow. Then number two, then number one. And I know number one won the Oscar. The OG, you think, is the fourth best out of the first Look, four? Yes. yes. The Rocky Four the was the greatest Oscar? of them all. Oh, Jason. I'm my own hype man for that. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so in a way, you are Clubber Lang's hype man. If you think Rocky Drew is the second, second best, best Rocky of movie all of, of all them, time. Yes. That is bold, my friend. That is bold. <laughs> we have a bold show lineup for you on Friday, including Seth Davis, prominent CBS Sports college basketball reporter, managing editor for The Athletic, recently spent a few hours with Mark Pope in his home, was in Utah to hang out with Dave Rose at a golf charity event what did he experience in those conversations, and what did he learn that he didn't know before? Also, Jason, would BYU beating Utah in football be considered an upset? Ah, uh, this is a good conversation. So that's I can't a wait loaded to get into question. This one. I can't and wait. what's the chance BYU is led in receiving this year by a tight end, say Matt Bushman, who people think just might be that guy? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. ESPN, if you didn't pick up on it at the beginning of the show. We'll do it again. Announces the date and time of the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl, which takes place on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 Mountain. That is, I believe, 3 p.m. Hawaii time. BYU will take on 
most likely a Mountain West Conference foe if they are bowl eligible and not chosen to play in, put on the blue goggles, Oh, oh. a New Year's Six bowl game. Oh, I see it. Blue goggle alert. New Year's Six. Correction, they will play a team or are slated to play a team from the American Athletic Conference. However, we have seen a Mountain West Conference team slide into that spot recently. So, BYU in Hawaii, we'll see. Top-seeded BYU baseball fell to four-seed LMU 4-1 in the first game of the WCC tournament in Stockton. Lions ace Cody Paiva threw a complete game, five hitters, striking out 11. Yikes. The Cougars take on Gonzaga today, 3 p.m. Eastern time in an elimination game. If BYU beats the Zags, they would play again at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. All games can be heard on BYU Radio. I hate so much that BYU had to face the West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Year in their opening matchup. He was unreal yesterday that's one way to say it all-american rory linkletter won the 10,000 meters with a time of 28 minutes 59 seconds and 43 hundredths on the first day of the ncaa west prelims in sacramento he is one of six (laughs) byu men's track and field athletes to qualify for nationals just in the 10k and then that includes connor mcmillan Connor Mance, Clayton Young, Dallas Farnsworth, and Connor Weaver. They tweeted out last night from the track and field account, we think this is an NCAA record. <laughs> is it also a record for three guys named Connor? In the it has event to be. And into the NCAA? Six guys <laughs> qualifying for nationals in the 10K. That is outstanding. <laughs> Additionally, Andrea Stapleton Johnson still riding the high of that BYUSN karma. She advances to the NCAA Outdoor Championships in the high jump, clearing 5 feet 10 and three quarters inches. I mean, she's, she's cleared over six feet, so she's fantastic. She's good. BYU men's golf shoots a plus 21 in their opening third round. Remember, they don't play. We, since uh, BYU doesn't play on Sunday, they played their third or Sunday round uh, yesterday. The third round of the NCAA Nationals. Carson Lindell led the team at one over. The Cougars play their first round this afternoon at the Blessings Golf Club in Arkansas. So Bruce Brockbank, the head golf coach, told us that this is maybe the hardest course that the NCAA championships have been held at in like the last two decades. So we'll see how everyone else fares, but 21 over, man, that, that is a surprising number for BYU. <laughs> it's bring it boys. Yeah, that's Let's go bounce that's, back. That's not how you're wanting to start things off. Bounce back. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it. And so are we. It's what's trending on BYU sports nation. Strength of schedule. According to Tom Fernelli of CBS sports, BYU has the 16th rated strength of schedule entering the 2019 college football season. Number 16. Strength of schedule top 20. Jerem's ears are burning right now. Yes, they are. They're always burning. (laughs) Jason, ideally, where would you like to see BYU's strength of schedule ranking at on average as they approach a season? Okay, so so let's get for just for context. So BYU at 16. For context, the next non-P5 team, not named Notre Dame, because I'm considering them P5. They came in at 19, by the way, in the strength of schedule. Wait, BYU has a... <laughs> a more difficult schedule than Notre the Dame. Notre Dame. Come on. So the next non P five team, not named Notre Dame, is Tulsa. Uh-huh. Their strength of schedule is forty seventh. Okay. Okay. So and also other local teams are BYU's rivals, Utah State, mm-hmm. fifty seven. Okay. Utah sixty three. That surprises me. And how about this for Boise State? This brings us to our stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The Boise State Broncos have the 119th hardest schedule. 119 is where their strength of schedule is listed. Okay, does is BYU the toughest game that they have? <laughs> That's not great. Look, I don't have a major issue with the strength of schedule. Yes, it's aggressive. But it's BYU's reality with the way things have to be as an independent. You, you get these teams when you can play them, you know, and, and BYU's chosen to schedule. I just don't have a problem with it. Ideally, between maybe 30 and 50 in terms of strength of schedule seems about right to me. Without a conference title to grab people's attention or being in a P5, scheduling tougher teams and beating them is how BYU makes waves. So for me to do that, I think between 30 and 50 is okay. Now here's the thing about that stat of the day in Boise State. At 119, because of their name brand, if Boise State runs the table and go 12-0 and and win the Mountain West, they're going to be in a New Year's Six game as probably the highest-ranked non-Power 5 team. Which, again, goes to Jerem Jordan's point on the strength of schedule conversation that you don't have to play a top 20 strength of schedule to be nationally relevant because look at what Boise State is doing and has done. I don't know what years past have presented in terms of final strength of schedule for Boise State. I need to do that research now that I'm thinking about it in the moment. But 119, because they're Boise State? They'll probably be in the top get the benefit of the on the table and, yeah, benefit on their name brand and get into another New Year's Six game. So maybe you don't have to play a gauntlet of a schedule. That said, BYU as an independent, I really enjoy the week-to-week buildup of a bowl game every week. I, I like that BYU plays mostly big-name teams every week. There is just loads of context based on the opponents that they match up with. I know the first four weeks are brutal. I think it's a lot of fun as well. But as Jerem says, winning is the most fun, (laughs) right? Yeah, Boise State at 119, I expect them to win a lot. For me, I don't know, somewhere in the middle. Put put BYU somewhere between 60, 65, great. That's kind of where Utah is. Utah's 63rd in that area. Utah State, 57. I want balance. I like balance. Now on to topic two. As we talked about earlier uh, in the show, ESPN announced yesterday that the Hawaii Bowl will be played on Christmas Eve, December 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, as if you needed to be reminded on what Christmas Eve is. (laughs) BYU is scheduled to play in the Hawaii Bowl if they're a bowl eligible. And in a way too early bowl projection, Sporting News has BYU facing Nevada. Uh Uh-huh. In Hawaii. Yep, so how does, a, how does a projected BYU versus Nevada Hawaii Bowl work for you, Spencer? Well, uh, I don't mind Hawaii over Christmas at all. Now, the question <laughs> is, how does the rest of the family feel about it? And I had the conversation yesterday. How would we all feel about a family vacation in Hawaii over uh. Christmas? It didn't receive... <laughs> The welcome that I thought maybe it would. And I knew it was a small chance. So, I don't know. We'll work out the family details You've later. You've got a couple of months to deal with that. Seven months, yeah, exactly. You can, you can come up with a good, better plan than that. But I like the fact that BYU is has a bowl game locked in because we don't know of anything after this year. Right. We're still waiting for bowl game announcements. And Tom Homo says this is one of the most difficult things to 
discuss and put in play as an independent. So I like that BYU has a bowl game in place if they are bowl eligible. And there are way worse places to be on Christmas Eve than in Hawaii getting ready to watch BYU play football. This will be a family event for a lot of BYU families on Christmas Eve. Well, in the basketball is is over there uh, as well. The Maui invite. Um, can we go ahead and just schedule a month-long trip to Hawaii? Gregor Bell's just going to, to pick up residents yes. in Hawaii. It's yes. basically what's going to happen Hang with that. Hang out the Maui invite, uh, <laughs> house hop, you know, yeah. with all of oh, your yeah. contacts over there, and then BYU football will be there in no time. Yeah, look, for me, as long as BYU wins, I'm not going to get picky on when or where they play. Playing Christmas Eve's not the most ideal for everybody involved from a family perspective, but it's really not something that, that you can control. As for facing Nevada, I'm not going to get hung up on a, a way early projection in May on who BYU is going to face. I mean, if you play Nevada, you play Nevada. Again, it's all about BYU winning the bowl game. First of all, getting bowl eligible and then winning the bowl game. As long as BYU wins, yeah, that's all that matters to me. Now, again, the American Athletic Conference is slated to put a team in there, so I'd love to see BYU play a team like Memphis or Houston. Probably not UCF because UCF's still going to be really good and will be ranked, and they'll probably take one of the higher slots from the conference. But I'd like to see BYU play a team from the American. Uh, it won't be South Florida because BYU is going to play in Tampa yes. already in the season. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't mind the matchup. Nevada? Yeah. Yeah, Nevada's not like this <laughs> great opponent that you're like – Oh, that, 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 you know, maybe you could call it, you get a little revenge yeah. from, you know, what, 2013? No, 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 two? 14. No, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, the, the fly in the day of oh, game. Oh, that game. Okay, well, that in, tw- one? That's well in, in 2014, Nevada came to Pro oh, yeah. Bowl and put up 42 on BYU and beat them. That's right. Yes. Vengeance match? <laughs> I don't know. Finally, topic three, Jason. BYU baseball. You may have watched this yesterday. I did, all of it. Because you are the baseball guy. Yes. The Cougars, well, they ran into a red-hot pitcher, the West Coast Conference pitcher of the year, uh, the year rather, and lost the opening game 4-1. to one. Now they take on Gonzaga, the number two seed, in an elimination game today. What are your expectations for BYU baseball this weekend, starting with game two against Gonzaga? I fully expect BYU to bounce back against Gonzaga. That's what this team has done all year long. Look, dropping the first game certainly puts the pressure on, but the Cougars have only lost back-to-back games three times this entire year, okay? And and there are quite a few guys on this roster that were on the team and were part of that run in 2017 where they lost the first game and then won four in a row. Uh, Certainly, it's not something that you want to have to do every time, but They've all these guys kind of know what it takes to do that. And so I, I like that aspect. Mike Littlewood said that he thinks BYU has to get to the title game to feel really good about an at large. And so, some believe the Cougars have already done enough to get an NCAA tournament. That's the most intriguing part, depending mm-hmm. on what happens today, is what it means for the at large. But the, the si- situation is certainly not ideal. But I've seen this team bounce back all year long. And I have the utmost confidence in the coaching uh, staff and the players to get back on track and see where it takes them. I fully expect them to beat Gonzaga today. Okay, so here's what I expect I expect BYU to beat Gonzaga. And I will feel much better about their at-large resume if and when they beat Gonzaga and are not the first team eliminated in the West Coast Conference postseason tournament. And then BYU will face St. Mary's, which I think is a good matchup for BYU. It's the hottest, it's the hottest team in the league. I know, but I still think St. Mary's is a good matchup for BYU. Cougars took two of three. Yes. 
So if BYU faces St. Mary's in their what would be their third game, then just maybe they get back to a Saturday championship round matchup with the team that beat them in the first game, LMU. I think the Lions, they... I, they, I need to correct myself. BYU swept St. Mary's, excuse me, not two of three. Oh, well, that's right. They, they swept, swept them. them. They swept them. Yes. So I, I like, I love the matchup. So beat Gonzaga. I think St. Mary's will be there after losing to LMU and then just get to Saturday to, to have a chance. If BYU does get to that championship match, they're a lock, baby. Without question. They are a lock in the NCAA tournament with an RPI in the mid to low 30s. Having won, uh, it would be 37 games if they didn't win the championship. I mean, when you're high, thir- when you're high 30s in number of games and your RPI is yeah. low 30s, you're not you're not left out of the NCAA tournament. I think what they've done throughout the course of the year should put them in already, regardless of what happens today. I, I think this team has has been that good the entire season. I, I think they deserve to go regardless, but I fully expect them to beat Gonzaga. Okay, even though Gonzaga took the series from BYU in Provo. Yeah, but you got to remember both of those series. Speaking of, of BYU losing that series to Gonzaga and sweeping St. Mary's, that was in March. That, that was at the very beginning. And I, I know in talking with Coach Littlewood, you know, like both all these teams are different now than they were in March. Desperation Friday. I kind of love these back against the wall yeah. matchups. And you have Easton Walker, who's been phenomenal on the mound. They're incredibly entertaining. Yep. And uh, the pressure involved is, is very real. Okay, good luck to the Batcats today. Our question of the day going back to BYU football. Ideally, where would you like to see BYU's strength of schedule ranking be when the season starts? It's number 16, according to Tom Fernelli of CBS the, It's Sports. the Blaine Fowler of schedules. Oh, Yes, it is. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Grizz Father Answers on Twitter. I like it where we see it. A top 20 strength of schedule is good. Helps the team see where they are and really what they are made of. Hashtag BYUSN. No question, BYU will find out what they're made of very early this season. And for that matter, largely throughout the course of this season. They've got a couple of compelling games in November. Ending with San Diego State. I really like that game uh, against the Aztecs. Coming up, would you consider... Oh, this is a loaded question. Mm. BYU beating Utah in upset? And we'll talk with... Seth Davis, writer for The Athletic, CBS College Basketball Insider. What are his thoughts on Mark Pope, the new head coach, as far as expectations go in year number one? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's an elimination game for BYU baseball today at the WCC Tournament. Cougars face Gonzaga at 3 p.m. Eastern time in Stockton. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio. Don't forget, if the Cougars can win that game or when the Cougars win that game, they'll play again at 10.30 Eastern time tonight. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. It is a Friday. This is how we do it. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Seth Davis, the pride of Potomac, Maryland, CBS men's college basketball insider, analyst, and writer for The Athletic. Seth, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Great to talk to you guys. How are you doing today? Glad we're talking uh, college basketball this Late May. Must have done something right. You you have done something (laughs) right. You have pleased the BYU fans by going after uh, the always entertaining Mark Pope. What did you learn about him that you didn't know before? Well, I didn't know a lot about his background, to be honest. 
uh, as a player at Kentucky um, and didn't really follow his career from that. I mean, I knew that he was coaching Utah Valley and obviously knew that he had gotten this job. But, um, you know, I, I didn't know much about his pro career. There's not a whole lot to know. But what I really did not know was his experience um, going to medical school and the fact that he's a Rhodes Scholar candidate at Kentucky and, you know, all the things that he's accomplished outside of basketball. So uh, just a really impressive guy. It was really fun to you know, go over to his house and sit with his wife and his four daughters and talk to him for a couple hours and really break him down and motivate him. And uh, no question, BYU got a good one. Obviously, talking to him, you you kind of you can experience his energy. What was your reaction when he was hired by BYU after Dave Rose retired? Well, it made sense. Um, I mean, I knew he was right down the road at Utah Valley uh, and had made some waves there. I mean, I wasn't following it uh, super closely. Um, uh, frankly, I did not I did not know that he was Mormon. So. Um, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, it took a long time. It seemed pretty evident at the very start, as soon as Dave announced his retirement, that Mark Pope was going to succeed him. So, um, you know, it was pretty uh, interesting, you know, watching his career. It's, it's happened, you know, pretty quickly. You know, he went to Georgia for a year, went to Wake Forest for a year, uh, came to BYU to be an assistant for, for five years and, you know, head coach for four. And, and, you know, here he is. I think he's, what, 46 years old, I want to say, 47 thereabouts. So, um, you know, given how late a start he got, uh, getting into coaching, I think his rise has happened quite quickly. Seth, you cover college basketball from a national perspective and standpoint. That being said, what was your impression of what Dave Rose did between 2005 and 2019 at BYU? Well, I thought Dave did a great job. And, um, you know, it's it's not easy uh, coming from that conference to, um, you know, be super effective. Obviously, you've got uh, Gonzaga dominating things and everybody else kind of fighting for scraps. That you know BYU, its reach, its resources, uh, its tradition, its history, um, you know, definitely brings a lot to the table for a coach. And um, you know, I thought Dave did a did a, did a good job. It's it's like I said, it's not easy coming out of that conference. Um, and frankly, and I got a chance to spend a little bit of time with David at his uh, coaches versus cancer uh, golf event uh, while I was visiting a Provo. And I think you know most of us. Uh, did not realize the extent to which his health issues were still very much a part of, of his life. I mean, we knew that he had had the scare with the pancreatic cancer, which is a very frightening type of cancer to get. Um, and fortunately, he has a, a rare form that's actually treatable, but it, it does require uh, consistent treatment. And as Dave said to me, uh, the stress of keeping all of that secret was as tough on him and his family as it was just in terms of getting the treatment that he needed. So uh, I think the timing is good for him to step aside, to be able to leave on his own terms, uh, and to bring in a guy like Mark, who he obviously likes and respects, I think is a win-win all around. You know, Seth, regardless of the sport that you talk about, at BYU, coaches are usually here for a while. I mean, you just look at, at football with with Lavelle, and Bronco was here for 10 years. Dave Rose had been here for, for 14, and Roger Reed, guys like that. Mark Pope, his name was mentioned in some other jobs uh, before he got the BYU job. Do you, do you expect him to be a long-term BYU guy like we're typically used to seeing? Well, first of all, uh, I feel very confident in saying that if Mark Pope had not gotten hired by BYU, if Dave Rose had not retired, that he would not be coaching at Utah Valley. He was very much in the mix for some pretty significant jobs um, and was probably very close to taking um, perhaps you know one in particular um, when, when Dave called him to say that he was uh, 
retiring. So I think it's great credit to BYU that their coaches have stuck around so long. I think that this sort of, uh, you know, instant gratification, changing the tone of culture that we have in sports and in college athletics and athletic directors wanting to see a lot of coaches, um, you know, getting pushed out who, you know, frankly don't deserve to be. And I think it's the responsibility of the university and its extended university community um, to build a culture where coaches feel like they can suffer through a couple of down years. I mean, I always invoke the example of Jay Wright. You know, he had a couple of, uh, you know, kind of down years uh, a while back where, uh, you know, people were starting to speculate whether or not he would make it, you know. And uh, Villanova was very clear to him, you're safe. Uh, we want you thinking, we don't want you cutting any corners. And so, uh, you know, that's where guys get into compromising situations. So I give BYU a lot of credit. Uh, obviously, their larger mission with the Church of Latter-day and that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody, including Mark Pope, would love to think about him being there for as long as Dave was and having the kind of success that Dave had. Follow him at Seth Davis Hoops on the Twitter machine. Seth Davis, managing editor for The Athletic, just put out an outstanding article on Mark Pope as he got to know him. And as you said, Seth, meet with him and his family for a couple of hours. How do people read that article if they haven't already? Uh, You go to theathletic.com and and subscribe. Uh, You can Follow us on Twitter. Uh, the Athletic CBB is our handle. My handle, as you mentioned, is Seth Davis Hoops. And you know, for those who aren't familiar with the Athletic, it's a subscription-only uh, sports writing platform. And for five bucks a month, you more than get your money's worth. No ads, no videos, no auto plays, no nothing. Just straight up great reporting, uh, good writing, and uh, you know the type of access and coverage that. I tried to deliver with this story on March. So hopefully, people will go there and subscribe and uh, be happy. We want want to cover sports and, and, and enhance people's enjoyment of, of their, their watching the BYU Cougars. Fantastic stuff. All right, Seth, uh, let's go here. You mentioned down years for some other prominent college basketball coaches. By BYU standards and Dave Rose's standards, the Cougars' 19 wins last year were considered a down year. And I'm, I'm looking at that thinking, man, BYU fans are spoiled when that's the lowest number of wins he had in his entire head coaching career but what kind of pressure do you think that that adds to mark pope as he takes over a program that's trying to get back to that consistent basis of making the ncaa tournament at least you know twice out of every four years you'd like you know you'd like to think something like that is possible for byu frankly so i think it's five of the last seven they missed um and that's probably you know a little bit below the standard that i think fans uh, have a right frankly to expect i mean um, just the fact that I'm on this show on a, on a on a cable channel devoted only to this school. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, the only school that has that is the is University of Texas. So uh, there are great resources at BYU. It is definitely challenging coming out of the West Coast Conference. And frankly, I I think it speaks to just how difficult it is just to make the NCAA tournament. I don't care what league you're in. Uh, what Gonzaga has done, I think they've made 19 in a row, 20 in a row. I want to say. I mean, that's just people take for granted how hard it is just to get into the NCAA tournament. And so, uh, and I think Mark will be the first to tell you that uh, that is the goal every year to get to that tournament and, and, and try to win. And, you know, he's got to build a roster um, with players that he wants to coach. And, uh, you know, it's challenging. You have the whole, you know, a lot of them go on missions. So they're gone. Not only have they gone for two years, but they don't do anything. They don't touch a ball for two years. Uh, the good news is that you tend to have a team that's a lot older than the ones that you're playing. So uh, he understands the challenges. He understands the pitfalls. But as I wrote in my article, that's kind of his comfort zone where he's out on that ledge. And, you know, he might fall and crash and, and fail, but he's going to 
Dale, you know, daring greatly, and I, I know that's what he's setting up to do. Seth, how important is it in today's college basketball overall, and then specifically with BYU, to utilize the transfer portal to get where you want to go? And that's certainly something that Coach Pope did uh, quite well at UVU and has already started doing that to a certain degree here at BYU. How important is that aspect of college basketball these days? Oh, it's an absolute necessity. I think in a lot of ways, working the transfer market has overtaken um, recruiting high school players. First of all, just the sheer numbers uh, that are involved. I mean, you're talking about 7,800 kids every year uh, transferring. And I think the transfer portal is, is really helpful to everybody in terms of uh, letting everybody know what's going on um, and, and making it transparent, a little bit more manageable. Um, but it, it, it's, it's a challenge and it's an opportunity. There's just a lot of roster flux. So it's pretty chaotic but if, if you're not actively utilizing the transfer market and by the way that's that's a university uh effort you know a lot of times it has to do with admissions you're talking about you know graduate transfers they have to transfer to a, a school um that has a, a program that uh is not in place at their current school which i don't like because these are obviously basketball decisions and to give it a patent of academic uh incentive is is not uh, totally authentic i think but if you're not if you're not in there, um, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to fall behind because those, those kids that you're not getting, you're going to have to play against, and that's, uh, that's no fun for anybody. Seth, it's not often we get to talk to a guy that was a former Cable 13 sports reporter, so I think we should do this again very soon. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. That was a long, that was a long, long time ago. So I think that was before the invention of electricity. But, uh, <laughs> good, 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 good to talk to you guys and hope I can come on during the season. you got to take care, man. All right, thank you, guys. Seth Davis on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He's great. Great insight. I, I loved what he said about the transfer portal. And, and like it's just an absolute must in today's college basketball landscape. He's on the panel for NCAA tournament selection specials every Sunday, on Selection yeah. Sunday. He's on the desk. He knows. He knows. He's plugged in without question. Coming up, they may have lost yesterday, but what's the chance BYU baseball can still win a WCC tournament title this weekend? And should Utah football be on upset alert against <laughs> BYU? Why, at least one publication says, you better believe it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Happy Friday, BYU Sports Nation. This is how we do it. The party's here in Studio B. We welcome you back with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. ESPN has announced the date and time of the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl, which takes place on Christmas Eve, December 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. BYU will play in the Hawaii Bowl if they are bowl eligible, which they will be, and are not chosen to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. BYU would play a team from the American Athletic Conference, or according to the Sporting News, perhaps a Mountain West foe, like Nevada. Yes. Top-seeded BYU baseball fell to four-seed LMU 4-1 to in the first game of the WCC tournament. Lions ace Cody Piva threw a complete game five hitters, striking out 11. The Cougars will take on Gonzaga today at 3 p.m. Eastern time in an elimination game. If BYU beats the Zags, they would play again tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can listen to all the games on BYU Radio. Just beat the Zags. Don't be the first team eliminated. Beat the Zags. Because then Selection Sunday gets very, very interesting. BYU men's golf 
shoots a plus 21 in their opening round of the NCAA Nationals. Now, because of no Sunday play, BYU had to play their final round as its opening round. I know that's confusing, but that's how it works. Now the Cougars will play technically their first round, but overall their second round today and look to make a big move after, uh, you know, a not great start to the tournament in Arkansas at the Blessings Golf Club. BYU men's golf. Well, that's a that's a double headline there. <laughs> we've got we've got the the same headline back to back. I do have some news about Sione Takitaki. As of one hour ago, he has inked his official rookie contract. I I, I saw your uh, your tweet. Congratulations yes. to Sione Takitaki. So the entire Cleveland Browns draft class has inked contracts, including Sione Takitaki and. All-American Rory Linkletter won the 10,000 meters with a time of 28.59.43 on the first day of the NCAA West prelims in Sacramento. He's one of six men's track and field athletes to qualify for nationals in the 10K. Crazy. Including Connor McMillan, Connor Mance, Clayton Young, Dallin Farnsworth, and Connor Weaver. Additionally, (laughs) Andrea Stapleton-Johnson from uh, the women's track and field advances the NCAA Outdoor Championships in the high jump with a height of 5'10". 75. Connor! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like three guys. It's got to be a record. (laughs) That's crazy. Three Connors from BYU (laughs) advancing in the 10K to the NCAA. And two of them have the similar initials Connor McMillan, Connor Mance. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, just call them by their last names. It's the only way you survive. (laughs) Jason, how about this? CFB Home, College Football Home, tweeted out this morning a list of nine teams that should be on upset watch. In week one of the 2019 college football season, Utah makes the list with their game at BYU on August 29th, which brings this question to mind. Would you consider BYU beating Utah to open the season an upset? Look, this I can understand how somebody would think it's an upset because of the streak that BYU has not had a win recently. Oh, you've noticed? Over the University of Utah. But with the exception of one game during the streak, all of these games are close. BYU should have won last year. If BYU doesn't have injuries, they win that game. It is at home. I'm not, I don't consider it an upset. The really? Only, the only reason I would say it's an upset is because of the streak. That is the only reason. And I guess technically, because they're going to be ranked higher, yep. it's considered an upset because it is a higher-ranked team mm-hmm. than you are. So on a technicality, it's an upset. Do I consider it an upset if BYU wins? No. I think BYU should win this game. Wow. Shep BYU's Dizzle. at home, and these are always close. Hot Blue takes on alert. a Friday. Hot takes on Blue a Friday. And don't worry, I don't have to hear from Ute fans. I blocked them all. <laughs> It'll still get out there. <laughs> Somebody will retweet it. It's going to show up in timeline, I'm, sh- I'm Prepare sure it will. yourself. Blocked and or muted. It's Prepare fine. Prepare yourself safe. for the onslaught. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I fear for your soul today <laughs> on the Twitter machine. Some other technicalities that will make this game an upset if BYU wins. One, our friends in the desert, the guys who create lines are going to list Utah as a favorite against BYU. Yes, of course. So based on that technicality, and I think Utah is going to be probably favored by, I don't know, six. I think that probably would be right around Utah by six. 
then yes, it will be an upset. Utah's probably going to be ranked in the top 25 too. BYU will not. So yes, that would be an upset if BYU beat Utah. I have no problems with that being how this lines up. In fact, I would rather have it that way where Utah is expected to win, even if it is in Provo. Put all the pressure on them. Put all the pressure on their front seven, which is supposed to be the best ever for the Utes. And coming back, they've got Zach Moss, who might be the best running back in the Pac-12. They've got Tyler Huntley coming off of a rough season-ending injury as well. So your quarterback and your running back are both back. You're ranked in the top 20. Some people think they might win the Pac-12. They're better than Washington. Well, I think they're kind of the overwhelming favorite I in the Pac-12 South, right? No problem. Are they in the Pac-12? I hadn't heard that. They, no problem with them being <laughs> the overwhelming favorite to beat BYU in Provo. Give them the pressure. And I, please, I want to tweet overwhelming? out. Overwhelming? BYU upsets the mighty Utes out of the Pac-12. How did the Utes ever let a lowly team like BYU beat a mighty Pac-12 foe? I, I hope that I get to tweet out, yes, it is an upset. And when is that game being played? Mm. Countdown to the Utes. 97. 97 days 97 to days. be exact. BYU and Utah kicking off the season. And, yes, Utah will be. And I think six points on the road, I think, is that qualifies as an overwhelming favorite. In this series? It's an upset only from a technical standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the emotional grind of eight consecutive losses in a row. BYU's at home. <laughs> I know. It's the first game. <laughs> BYU should have won last year. Now, here is where history plays a part in BYU's favor. The Cougars have been historically good in-season openers. They're fantastic yeah. in-season openers, and they're fantastic in-season openers at home. So there, there is that. Uh, Shout-out to number 97, Randy Brock, by the way, with 97 days away. Uh, 1991 to 1994, some glory years for Randy Brock, playing with Ty Detmer, John Walsh, Ryan Hancock. Guy had 25 sacks in his career. Randy Brock, where is he now? I don't know, but I hope he's doing well. Coming up, which former Cougar cleaned up for the Woodpeckers? (laughs) That's a great tease. And we play the odds in a little game of what's the chance. Can the BYU baseball team win out again and replicate 2017 at the West Coast Conference Tournament? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You can watch it at BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. You can also listen on the BYU radio app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back to the show with our question of the day centering on BYU football and the strength of schedule, which is 16th toughest in the nation, according to Tom Fernelli of CBS Sports. Ideally, where would you like to see BYU strength of schedule ranking sit going into a season and why? At Shay Lawrence, he answers on Twitter. It's always good to be in top 25 discussions, but this one will likely prevent <laughs> BYU from being in top 25 discussions at the end of the season. Brutal schedule. Prove me wrong, Cougs. I'll be cheering either way. Hashtag BYUSN. I like that take. It's a good take. Strong take on a Friday. I hope BYU has an opportunity to get to eight wins playing in the Hawaii Bowl. I think the Cougars will win seven in the regular season playing for a potential eighth win. I, I like that. Against the schedule... I'd feel great about 
Eight wins, including the bowl win. And taking your family to Hawaii for the bowl I game. I would also feel good about that. <laughs> to be determined. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media using the hashtag BYUSN. Let's bring in Ben Bagley and play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? Presented by Delta, keep climbing. Ben, we already had some extra crispy hot takes from Jason Shepard. <laughs> Join the conversation, won't you? It's all about that ex- extra crispy on a Friday. <laughs> Let's start with what you were guys talking about. What's the chance that Spencer Linton will be enjoying Christmas Eve fresh pineapple yeah. at a luau? Okay. Look, because BYU will be bowl eligible, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where BYU is scheduled to go, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say that you will be enjoying that pineapple mm-hmm. uh, at about a, uh, about a 98% clip. Okay, okay. I'm going to go... It's happening. It, uh, just prepare for it. I'm, I'm going to go, yeah, 99.9999% chance that I will be in Hawaii because whatever happens, I'm going to be there, whether it's with everyone, yes. my family, with all of you guys, or by myself as the solo reporter, I will be there. So that said, if anybody knows of a Christmas Eve party um, that I can hang out at after BYU beats whoever they play in the Hawaii Bowl, I would love to celebrate with some of my friends in Hawaii. Ninety-nine point nine nine. I love that there's some sort of there's some part of you that's complaining about going to Hawaii again. No. <laughs> I'll never complain As about going to Hawaii. As someone who has never been to the islands, uh, I would love to go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> there's your plug. Uh, oh, you've never been? I, no, did I did I mention I've no, never I, I, been? I've never been. I would love to go. Jerem Jordan also has never been to the islands. Let's throw a plug in there for him as well. Uh, I'm thinking all of us going then. Okay. That way we can share right. holidays together. All right. Number two, Ben. Yeah, nothing says holidays like spending time with your coworkers. <laughs> right. But aren't we family, Ben? Do you not think of us that way? Did I not say coworkers? <laughs> <laughs> Number two, what's the chance that BYU <laughs> Athletics will record two or no, more than two wins Ooh. post-Thanksgiving in Hawaii because Maui Invitational as well? Wow. Ooh, I like that. More than two wins, so basketball and football. Basketball combined. and football. Because I don't think basketball's or football's playing two games. Oh, man. Um, I'll say 60%. Okay. I think it's about right. Can yeah, BYU 60%. basketball win two games at the Maui Invitational? That's really what we're asking. Because I think BYU football will win the bowl game. I do. I think they'll win the bowl game. They'll play well in Hawaii. They'll get it done. It'll be It'll like be a home crowd. It'll be like a home game. Yes. Can BYU basketball then win two games to make it a combined more than two? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the question. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, I'll say 60%. Keep in mind the preseason number one and number five teams in the country in college basketball will be at the EA Sports. Hey. Sorry, sorry, the Maui Gym uh, Invitational. Coach Pope loves the challenge. He wants you to tell him something he can't do, and then he's going to go out and do it. Kansas and Michigan State, both top five teams to open up. I don't know that BYU will play even one of them, maybe both of them, but depending on how it lines up, oh man, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go like 40% just because I think BYU is going to get matched up against one of those powerhouses, and I'm not going to expect BYU to beat Michigan State or Kansas and then have to bounce back against another you know, really solid opponent. I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I like it. Mark Pope loves it. Mark Pope loves it. He loves it. Number three. What's the chance that a tight end will lead BYU in receiving this season? You want to take this one first? 
Oh, if Matt Bushman or Moroni Laputitao leads BYU in receiving, I think that's a very good thing because that means Zach Wilson is on target with uh, two of his best options and weapons. Most likely it's Matt Bushman. Um, yeah, I'll say like 70%. I think Matt has proven himself as the trusted commodity, right? Yeah. Like, can Zach not trust him after what he did against Utah? When he had six catches, I think, for 92 yards. And then he saved Zach's bacon in the bowl <laughs> game and kept that perfect number alive on the sideline. Matt Bushman makes hard catches. Yes. He catches everything. I think he probably should be at the top of the list. Yeah, especially with the hope that, that MLP will be ready to go and at full strength. I, I actually was going to go right where you landed at 70%. I, I think there's a 70% chance it's, it's a tight end. It's one of the two. Okay. Last one. Last one. What's the chance BYU baseball still wins the WCC title? You have to go first on this, Jason. It's in your contract. <laughs> Look, I think the fact that they've done this before and that there's guys on the team that have experienced what it takes to do this, I think that helps them. Going all winning four in a row, I'll say I'll say 65%. Whoa. That high? This team has bounced back all I know. year long. It's what they do. Four games in a row against the best pitching in the conference in Stockton, California. Not in the home digs. You're oh. not facing number ones the rest of the way. Well, we don't know. I mean, in, well, in the final game, it could be yes, another but, number but you, one. You're, you're facing maybe another number one that's coming off. Oh, man. It's baseball is so weird and finicky. And I, I'm not going to count this team out. This team has done this all I'm season. Not, I'm not counting them out either, but I'm not going to give them a 65% chance to win four straight games again. What they did in 2017 was incredible. Maverick Buffalo's not walking through that door. Bronson Larson not walking through that door. Can the other guys step up? I say 25% chance BYU. And I even think that's high. 25% chance BYU wins four in a row and replicates 2017, they win the tournament as well. It's so hard. It all starts with Gonzaga. Just beat Gonzaga. I'll feel much better. Just win that one, I'll feel much better about everything. Yes. Coming up, which national rider came to BYU's defense while sticking it to the Aggies? <laughs> We've mentioned his name a few times on the program. It was, it was elite. And uh, how's Mary Lake doing in Bulgaria with Team USA? This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> This segment brought to you by Delta Airlines. Climb higher. Welcome back on a Friday to BYU Sports Nation. And a shout-out to today's guest, Seth Davis, managing editor for The Athletic, obviously a national reporter for college basketball on CBS Sports. The show on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and radio app. Spencer, should we whip it? Yes. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. ESPN announces that the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl will be played on December 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. BYU will play in the Hawaii Bowl if they are bowl eligible and not chosen to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. The Cougars last played a bowl game in Hawaii in 1992. Baseball. They lost that game to Kansas of all teams. Woof. <laughs> Top-seeded BYU baseball loses to four-seed LMU 4-1 to in the first game of the West Coast Conference Tournament. Lions ace Cody Paiva threw a complete game five-hitter, striking out 11. He's the WCC Pitcher of the Year. Cougars trying to bounce back and survive against Gonzaga today at 3 Eastern, 1 Mountain in an elimination game. If BYU beats the Zags, they would play again at 10.30 Eastern against the loser of St. Mary's and LMU. All games can be heard live on BYU Radio. 
track and field. All-American Rory Linkletter won the 10,000 with a time of 28.59.43 on the first day of the NCAA West prelims in Sacramento. It's one of six men's track and field athletes to qualify for nationals in the 10K, including Connor McMillan, Connor Mance, Clayton Young, Dallin Farnsworth, and Connor Weaving. Additionally, Andrea Stapleton-Johnson from women's track and field advances to the NCAA Outdoor Championships in the high jump. Golf. BYU men's golf plus 21 after their opening round of the NCAA Nationals. Carson Lundell leading the Cougars at one over individually. Cougars play their technical first round this afternoon because of no Sunday play at the Blessings Golf Club in Arkansas. Volleyball. Blessings to all. Mary Lake and Team USA get a 3-0 victory over Bulgaria in the FIVB Volleyball Nations League. Lakes are first action of the tournament in the first and third sets. Next up for Team USA is Serbia on Tuesday. Go. Cougars in the minors. Taylor Cole goes two and a third innings of scoreless relief in the pros, not the minors, for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. In a 16-7 loss to the Minnesota Twins, Cole strikes out two while allowing one hit, one walk. Four of Cole's six major league appearances this season have gone two-plus innings. He's only given up a total of one run. It's unbelievable. With Taylor? I know. And batting from the cleanup spot, Colton Shaver went two for five with a run scored and an RBI in the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Four to three loss to the Winston-Salem Dash. Leads everyone in the league in doubles with 19. Cougars in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns, via their Twitter page, have announced their whole draft, including Sione Takitaki, has officially signed rookie contracts. Congratulations to Sione. Today's rise and shout-outs. Now, Jason, you first. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to a BYU track and field. Six Cougars placing in the top 12 yeah. in, the, in the 10K to qualify for nationals, setting an NCAA record for the most men advancing in one event. Congratulations to Ed Stone, Diljeet Taylor, all of the coaches. They're sure. doing a fantastic job. I'm giving it to Tom Fornelli of CBS Sports, who called out a Utah State fan after he... This Utah State fan tweeted, BYU doesn't have the 16th rated strength of schedule. We see this every year. They're just bad. Yes, they have a few overrated Power 5 teams to start, but they pad the back half with wins. And he says, uh, you have to love a Utah State fan saying BYU pads the back half of its schedule with easy wins when Utah State is on the back half of BYU's schedule. Come on, man. Our elite voice today presented by Sundance Masters Red celebrating 50 years. At Bowtie Stats, strength of schedule's fine. I'd like to see the big game spread out a little more, though. Got to get body blow relief, more fan excitement, and maybe even more sustained performance against excellent teams year-round. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout-out to Neil Anderson. BYU Baseball, 3 Eastern.